DJPK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. I remember a press conference, and it has to be probably about four or five years ago. It was right when the Jazz were getting good. I don't remember if they, if it was, maybe it was after they'd beaten the Clippers in the playoff series, but maybe it was right before they did. But it, it was a, a line of questioning of uh, Dennis Lindsay about analytics and how, you know, analytically minded are you? And, you know, the Jets have hired a bunch of people to do that. So clearly he puts value in it. And his answer was, you know, you watch a game and you think you know what you saw, and you want to go to the analytics and see if it validates what you think you just saw. And if they don't line up, then you got to figure out, well, the numbers are, are just wacky. we got a bad form- formula here, or I need to go back and watch the tape and, and look for something that maybe I missed watching live. You need those two things to line up and validate each other. You are gut instinct guy, PK, and the eyeball test. Locke is all numbers, and his numbers line up with your eyeball test. Unless LeBron James uh, just does the Superman deal, the Lakers just aren't a championship team. They don't pass the eyeball test. And when Locke's running through all the numbers, you know he had a whole bunch of stats where no champion ranks there in the league. They're all better at this or that or whatever. Three-point shooting was the first thing he went to. He said they were 19th. But he had a bunch of other things, too, which means... If you're checking them off the list, barring you know LeBron turns into Wilt and starts averaging 50 points a game and just drags them to it, uh, then you got to start looking Clippers, Bucks, and if not them, then the next tier of teams, which is probably Nuggets and Rockets and Raptors and Celtics, and that would be pretty wide open by NBA standards. Did you if you're put actually Nuggets going in there? Did you say Nuggets? I just did. I said in the West, okay. Nuggets okay. and Rockets. Oh. I dismissed the Thunder and the Jazz okay. and the Mavs. Okay. okay. And then in the East, I don't think you can go past uh, Toronto and Boston. Uh, agreed. And so, but that's seven teams. Now, normally, I think in the NBA, three teams, ten percent max, have a chance to win the title. And going into the bubble, I thought Lakers, Clippers, Bucks. And you look at the Lakers, and obviously they're you know. You know, they, their whole team didn't go. So, okay, maybe they were never a title team. Maybe, you know, we were a little too enamored with LeBron and all that. But maybe, you know, you, you pluck one or two key guys off a roster, you can really change it. But in any case, the, the Clippers, I think right now, if you're going to rank them, most people are ranking Clippers one, Bucks two, Lakers three. Uh, maybe ranking. not. Maybe people are putting even the Nuggets and the Raptors or the Celtics in front of the Lakers. I don't know how far. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you know, maybe the they're, maybe they're, I don't I don't think most people have the Lakers higher than third. Except you know, maybe we need to get Larry the Laker on before this gets going and get him on the record on this. Um, I've got the Clippers one. I've got the Clippers two, and I've got the Clippers three. <laughs> this is to you. It's over. It's going to be the Clippers, I, huh? I really think it is. I think that they have to blow it to not win it. And maybe I, I'm West Coast biased, and I'm Western Conference biased. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. There's just absolutely no question. And I told you, anybody who says they don't have biases is full of crap. And hopefully from our listeners, you understand I do have biases, but you also understand that I am open about my biases. And so I'm naturally going to lean this direction. When I look at the Lakers, I see LeBron taking Cleveland to the finals, not this last time, but when he was earlier in his NBA career. 
and I look at this team and see some similarities. Now, they have Anthony Davis, and he's way better than what anybody was on, on that on Cleveland that, team. On that but if Cleveland Kyle, if no Kyle Kuzma is Mo Williams on that 2007 team, and then you just start going from there. And I think that LeBron and, and is just a great player. He's a marvelous player, no question, generational, whatever you want to call him. He's, he's all that. Uh, but I think it was a much easier road. So you're putting him yes. in the West now. Yes. In the West, are you? You know, you have to. You have to think. Well, do I include Denver in the mix? You know, do I have to think about it? Well, that tells you just how good the West is because you have to think about it. Normally, Denver with the type of uh, quality they have and the arc trending up and the history of the league, you get in the playoffs and then you lose a little bit and then you start getting better and then you know you. you you have an opportunity to cash in and go a little bit, a step beyond all that stuff. So putting Denver, just the fact that you're questioning, should I put Denver in there, lets you know how good the West is. And I just don't think that the Lakers have enough talent unless Kuzma really turns into a big-time player consistently. If he can do that, then I'll increase their chances. But for right now, in my mind, in the West, it's all about the Clippers. I just think they have everything that they need. I believe that the Clippers, when they have all their guys, I believe the Clippers could have given those great warrior teams here of recent years a run for their money. Because if I look at Houston did, to a degree, certainly they went seven well, games. They went se- yeah, seven, yeah. yeah. I would. I, I believe that this Clipper team is much better than that Houston team was, and they stretched the Warriors to the limit. So I'm really, really high on the Clippers when I watch them play, and I've articulated the reasons. Their depth, Kawhi at the top, Paul George being able to be slotted in his proper role with a Big time superstar. It's kind of an oxymoron. What do you mean? He's just a moderate superstar. No, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I get where that, you're going. That, and that's where I view he was. I don't view him as a big time superstar, but he's got a ton of talent. You slot him in with a big time superstar, and his role and his ability just really increases. So I, I look at the Clippers to win the whole thing. That has been my pick from the beginning and then I forgot about it for four months because the league wasn't going on but now watching and I've watched a ton of basketball I've literally watched basketball every single day since they've been back and to see what they have I'm thinking that all teams are shooting for them and as far as the Jazz if they if they win a first round series it'll be better than the other times they won first round series against the Clippers and against the Thunder because I think playing Denver is very difficult, particularly you're playing them not at full strength. You're not not only you're not playing them at full strength, you're playing them without a player who is high on the pecking order. You know, you can say you're not at full strength. Well, if you're taking out somebody uh, who's lower, it's not the impact. Well, what they have to do now is replace a premier player for them, and that's very difficult. I think they can do it. I wouldn't be shocked if they won, but I would be surprised. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's fair. That's the way to put it. I mean, you just—I I think Avery Bradley's been a loss for the Lakers, and they've been out there scoring twenty points a night and shooting forty-one percent from three, and providing the size. You know, the aside from the obvious shooting and scoring loss, the Jazz lost with Bogdanovich. You know, he, he made him a lot smaller. They, they just they can't duplicate what he brings, which is why they're paying him what they're paying him, right? When you can't be duplicated, you get paid more money. Um, 
You know, as far as the, you, you really need an elite player to win a championship, and I just, I don't have Jokic yet, and maybe I just need to see more of him in the playoffs because it seems like he's been around forever, but he's a relatively young guy. He's so, years old. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think there's, depending on how you cut it, when you say, you know, a true elite superstar, you know, the people will tell you, well, if you're one of the top 10 players in the game, you're a superstar. And there's a certain amount of logic to that I'll sign off on, right? If you're, if you're one of the top 10 basketball players in the world, okay, you're a superstar. But inside that top 10, depending on you count it, there's, there's three to five players that I fear more than anybody else. And that doesn't mean the guy's seven, eight, nine. You know, I mean, you're top 10. It, it speaks for itself. But players that you're in a seven, you give a player who's got uh, a lot of talent, a lot of experience, and a high basketball IQ. You put those three things together. And the one thing Anta Tekempo doesn't have, and this is why I say three to five, is he doesn't have a lot of the experience. You know, so, but if you're facing LeBron in a playoff series, you got a problem. If you're facing Kawhi Leonard in a playoff series, you got a problem. And if you're facing Steph Curry in a playoff series, you got a problem. And I don't think anybody can debate any of those three things. Now, I think other people will expand the group and say Harden. Uh, now, he hasn't won a championship, so you can hold that against him and say he shouldn't be in that group. And Antis Campo, because he hasn't won a championship, and he doesn't have as much postseason experience, so maybe he doesn't belong in that super elite group. But I think those three to five, that's... That's it right there. Now, maybe Jokic is going to play his way. Maybe. I have him in there. Yeah? So you're going six then? Because uh, you don't fear him at the same level you fear Kawhi. No, no. But right. he's 25 years old. Yep. Uh, and, and that's if why they, on if to you Kempo. were flip, though, guys, and Kawhi was 25 years old, maybe I would have felt different. Although I think Kawhi had won a title by then. Uh, but uh, Jokic is just an absolutely uh, Jerry Sloan yeah. used to call him a terrific player yeah, was yeah. his phrase and when I look at like some of the shots he puts in yep my goodness and his ability to pass the ball I put on Twitter the other night he's the best passing center since Bill Walton and you know I wanted to debate that with you right you know I saw that <laughs> and I'm like damn it PK I'm gonna I'm gonna swat that down I'm getting that and so I am running through people I'm running through people and you know how many people I thought I could come up with that maybe you wouldn't debate me on. Uh, we're talking thought, centers now, right? Right, right. I, I could only, really, I really only came up with one. And if we'd had time, I was going to ask Locke about it, but he went on on other stuff, and we just didn't get to it. Um, I came up with one. Who's one that maybe you would give me if I threw the name out there? Because you had to have run through it and thought, I don't want DJ lighting me up for this and having an obvious answer. So you had to run through it. Because, you know, you're watching the game, and he does just crazy wild stuff, right? And, and Walton is a legend, you know, for being a great. So now you got to bridge that gap in between. You must have run through some names. No, nope, not that guy. That guy was good, but not that guy. Well, what I did before I put that out there, you're, I mean, you, you know me like the back of your hand, yeah. is I typed in, literally typed in best passing centers of all time. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> you are a genius. There's one. I think there's one you can debate, and, and he might not win it. And when I'm thinking of it, I, but that was, what I, that was the best I come up with. And I did not, I did not Google search that. And well, my buddy Jason Reed, who works for ESPN now, he and I for we we used to sit in the Daily Breeze newsroom and just argue basketball, and you know he we would just take opposite sides and just argue the night away. We worked so many shifts together over a number of years, and he threw out Sabonis, Arvidas. Yep, there not it is, the, not De Montes. Yep. But but then he said, well, before he was, especially before he get hurt, well, a couple of things. 
Freaking Walton was hurt by his fourth year. Yeah. And he was averaging five assists. That for a center, that's really, really, really good. <laughs> and he got hurt, and then he obviously was never the same. And he got hurt when he was right into his prime. And he averaged five when he was going up against NBA players. Sabonis, as we know, didn't get over here until his 30s. And everybody who saw him, and I trust what they're saying, uh, the Carlissimos of the world used to just go off because I've watched documentaries on the guy. And they said he was unbelievable. Okay, I don't deny that. But he was also unbelievable not every night against NBA players because he wasn't in the league until then. And Walton... He, you, you can't if you're going to include Sabonis's injuries, which are justified, then you got to say Walton too. I mean, Walton was through the roof as as a complete basketball yeah. player. I wasn't. I was not going to go uh, lock. I was going to go more. You. I wasn't going to go numbers of assists because you know how often do you have the ball in your hands? Who else is on your team? Maybe you got somebody else on your team who's a great passer who should have the ball a lot too. But just their the quality of the passes, their ability to to make the right read, make the right pass, know where the play is going, not just throw it to the guy when he's standing open on the wing, right? But the guy's cutting, and, and what's the phrase Riley always uses about quarterbacks? Um, throwing them open, right? You know, you throw to a spot. He's not open now, but I'm going to throw the ball, and by the time he gets there, he's going to be open. And throwing those kind of passes and not turning the ball over. And so Arvita Arbe- uh, Sabonis was the one guy I came and, up and with. And I've got no problem. I'm not downgrading yeah. him. But Walton, you know, you talk about the teammates around him. Uh, you know, I think Walton is is a, a, a knockoff, and I never saw Bill Russell play. But when you win as much as he won, you can't just the old line I told you I love from Bill Russell. Man, I was so lucky. I won in high school. I won in college. I won Olympics. I won in the pros. Man, I was just lucky to be able to win. So, well, what he's making a joke. You know, he's the reason why they won. I mean, and I think that's why Walton uh, on, those, on that Portland team, you know, he was the man back then. And obviously we know what he did in college. I mean, he literally, that one game, I, don't, I didn't watch it, but I've looked it up. And what was it in the final? He, he had the best game ever of anybody ever in the history of basketball. He was like 21 of 22 or something like that. In the, was it in the NCAA final? I mean, the guy's, his, his skill level was off the charts. And plus you combine his knowledge of the game, and he really yep. had it going on. So that's why I put him in there. But Jokic, man, he's got a ton of skill. He's a fabulous player. He can shoot the fadeaway, the impossible step back like mm-hmm. Nowitzki, and pass it like Stockton. And so I really wonder in the draft uh, going forward, and this is something we can get to. Actually, you know, the draft lottery is coming up like Thursday. I just saw that. Not the actual lottery, but the, the lottery order. Yeah, the lottery order. Yeah, yeah. To, to pick, you know, find out who's got the top picks and all that. Um, but one thing in the draft I've thought is: should you even? How much should you be investing in the six three six six guy who can play, and how much should you find the six ten athlete who has desire? And teach him to play. Because what Locke was talking about, these guys, the tall guys, their shooting window is always open. What it means is, no matter how well you defend them, because they're 6'10 or 7 feet, they just shoot over you. You're a 6'6 guy. You do everything right. Your footwork, your positioning, you know their plays inside and out. You're right there. You are right up on them. And they just shoot over the top of you. 
Yeah. And and it's like when he starts talking about guys with a shooting window, you know, well, that's what Nowitzki did, right? You can close your eyes and see him doing that. That's what Kevin Durant does. And, you know, an Achilles is a horrific injury. It's certainly horrible for a basketball player. And yet he's still going to be seven feet tall and shooting over people. So even if he's not Kevin Durant, what Kevin Durant has been, he's still going to be a seven-footer who shoots over people and doesn't miss very often. And he may not move very well, and he may get exposed you know, at the other end of the court. But, man, offensively, he ought to be able to shoot it. And, you know, Joe Ingles has used his height to his advantage. Now he's not 6'11", so he doesn't have the same built-in advantage. But, you know, what? look at what Anthony Davis is doing. He, he shoots over people sometimes. They're right there. Well, I have a philosophy on the draft, and it never changes. And that is? You take the best player, player. that you believe is available. And I don't care what he is, what you have on your team, you take the best player. Don't try to Sam Bowie shoehorn Sam <laughs> into it. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. I hate Okay, that, so what man. if you're outside the, uh, I don't know, pick some number, 10, 15, 20, whatever you want. What about it? Then, then do you say, okay, we're going to take this guy and develop him. If you think he's the best player, now he may not be the best player today, that's what these guys are getting paid for. A lot. Of, that's that's Kyle Winningham is a millionaire, uh, fifty times over because he's a genius at that, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. And your boy, I don't know what just happened to your connection. But you just. This is why people tweet at us. Is PK broadcasting from the bathtub? What just happened? I mean, you were fine, and then like three seconds, it was like, wow, Internet somebody give him. Burp, I guess. Yeah, give him some helium. I don't know. I know you don't. I know you don't. I know you're just sitting there talking. And you don't know what happened. But but Yag and I just looked at each other like, whoa, what happened? All right, he's sending us. He's sending us to break anyway. We'll reconnect and figure it out. DJ and PK uh, coming up next. Everything you missed in the show, plus uh, you know the stuff. We we missed that we haven't gotten to yet that we definitely need to get to on a Friday before this is all done. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Ow! Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz finished the regular season with a win. Now on to the playoffs to beat the Spurs 118-112. to The Spurs were eliminated from the playoff race before the game got going. Uh, Jazz are going to open the postseason against the Denver Nuggets Monday at 11.30. And they'll play every other day. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Uh, in the first four of this uh, seven-game series. Damian Lillard and Portland are in as the eighth seed. They beat the Brooklyn Nets 134-133. to and they will play the Memphis Grizzlies Saturday. Grizzlies are the ninth seed. They won a tiebreaker with the Suns. Both teams won yesterday. Suns win 8-0 in the bubble and still miss the playoffs. Grizzlies get in as a tiebreaker. Uh, if Portland wins Saturday, they're into the playoffs to play, face the Lakers. If the Grizzlies win, same two teams play again Sunday, and that will be winner take all if it comes to that. That's your back-to-basketball update, brought to you by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. been a long four months. Welcome back. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. 
as the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando. Your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to get you up to speed on everything we have been talking about, and it is brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Well, teams keep adding games. This morning, Appalachian State picked up a home game against Charlotte. BYU picked up a game with Troy. Do you care, PK? At this point, any, any game, game is a good game. I know Troy isn't, isn't what everybody was hoping for, but oh well. Well, that song, right? Any love is good love. Any game is a good game. So I took what I could get. And then, and then, and then she, she looked into Tom Homo's eyes, and he said, you ain't seen nothing yet. BYU, you ain't seen nothing yet. Nice. all over myself. That was okay, though. I liked it. I liked it. I did. I thought that was... I don't like all your music. Let's be honest. I've complained about it. That, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, that got me. I like that. Sure. Whatever you can get at this point, man. Troy's just as good as the... I mean, they're not just as good as Alabama, but you probably weren't going to see Alabama anyway. <laughs> there we go. You're ready. And, then, and You're... then I looked in Tom's eyes, and you know what he said? Baby. Baby. Your randomness is paying off. Not just in music, but I'm looking at a story from Sports Illustrated, and they got the link to it on Twitter. I'm looking at it right now. NBA Bubble Awards, colon, hand, handing out MVP, breakout player, and more. And then there's the, the, the link you can click on. And breakout player, I think the Jazz are going to see him in the uh, playoffs, Michael Porter Jr. You, you want to nice top that? One. Yeah, that's a nice one. I'd have to think about it a little deeper, but off the top of my head. Uh, that's a nice one. I'd maybe check some of the Suns to see uh, who did well because you go eight and zero, and obviously Booker's their featured player. Yeah, and he can't be a breakout guy. He's established. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I'd have to look. Uh, uh, I really, I didn't watch any Phoenix basketball until yesterday. Uh, where the game was on before the Jazz, and I thought I'm gonna check see see what these guys are doing here. Uh, and so I watched that game against that. It wasn't obviously Porzingis didn't play, but. Uh, Don just played a little bit, but uh, so but t- Porter, you know the high rep coming out of high school and all that, as you've alluded to several times. But uh, that doesn't mean anything once you get to college, and it doesn't mean anything once you get to the pros. It's what you do in those situations, and uh, they may have gotten themselves a find. Uh, if the number one high school player is a find, <laughs> I think he went 14th in 2018 uh, and didn't play his first year, right? Uh, so uh, that's that's a good one. I I certainly would go with Lillard as MVP, and I would go with Monty Williams as restart coach of the year. And I just remember you scoffed at me, and 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 I and did, my, my, and I the, still don't like it. <laughs> for like the next two days, my wife was kept saying, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" I kept saying, "My friend made fun of me." <laughs> Whatever. You've dished out so much. You just have to take some, PK. <laughs> But I mean, I was being serious in a legitimate take. You were not. I, 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 yeah, I make fun of you on nerd stuff, but Whatever. I mean, real serious sports takes, which I have I de- devoted a lot of time into thinking about. And I, I can't tell you how much communication, how many times on the phone I spent with Adam Silver to get these awards to be an actual thing. Nice. 
It took a lot of conversation and convincing. Then I plus I had a couple of my cousins from uh, across the bridge show up, and uh, down there in New York, back there in New York, and and a couple of my Rocco Rockinelli showed up, and and next thing you know, we're going to have these awards. Oh man. <laughs> How about this eight nine thing? Does it work for you? Is this are there yeah. things you know we, yeah, we had on Beth, Beth Lanier is talking about how you know we can streamline recruiting a yes. little bit yes. and uh, say there's there's ways to do things more efficiently, cost effectively. Well, not just for the money sake. What type of changes can you institute that you realize hey, this could be better? And for, for for baseball, I think they just ought to put the DH in. And two things: put the DH in. And in extra innings, start a runner on second base. Those are my two things for the sport of baseball. I'll take the DH, but I'll pass on the second base. No, I want the second base. I don't mind the second base, you know, in like youth tournaments and you're playing a lot of games. You only got so much pitching. I'm totally fine with it there. But in Major League Baseball, I have been at 15 inning games. I think they're awesome. I I don't want to put a guy at second base. Uh, The DH... I, I grew up watching National League Baseball. I'm as traditionalist as traditionalist gets on this topic. But, you know, the whole sport has moved on. Just put it in already. That's, <laughs> just, that's, just, that's the way I think. Yeah. Just, the just stupid rules it. of a, in one park it is and one park it's right. not. Right. Right. And I would, I would prefer that all of the major leagues got rid of it. And, again, I'm fine with the, the DH in, in lower levels of the sport, if you want, but I don't think it should be in the ma- – but since it's not going away, it's better that it be uniform than, right. you know, I hold on to this little island, you know, oh, there's no well, DH. You, you can't ask pitchers all of a sudden to bat against the best when they haven't batted all the way right. up through the system. So, yeah, I'm with you. You've, you've wore me down. And so I'm saying go ahead and do it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I want I I'm want strategy down. and putting guys on second base. I've watched games with runners on second base, and what do they do? It's a strategic thing, and I enjoy that. So yes, I'm all for that. And in this basketball, you like the eight nine. Is it something they should adopt? Uh, I definitely like what they did this year. I definitely like that uh, Major League Baseball is expanding their playoffs. I think what's happened with the Cardinals, hopefully they're about to come back. You know, I know it may get bumped back in, but hopefully, you know, this is going to do it. They've missed a game. They'll play some doubleheaders to close the gap, but they'll never make up all these games they've lost. And so it would be, if you had a a quote-unquote normal deal, it would be really weird if they went on percentage points over some other team for a wild card and they played 12 less games games or 10 less games or whatever. So I like that they expanded it. And if the Cardinals get in on winning percentage, they get in. If they don't, they don't. We just have to accept that things are weird this year. And since they're letting in eight teams, I, I, honestly, if it's my Padres who are squeezed out, I'm not going to whine about it. It's like, well, they let in eight teams. You should have gotten one of the other seven bursts. You know? So I don't want to hear it. Uh, so now, bets. But I think <laughs> just in the second or the fourth or the fifth, when he homers all three times, um, but as far as basketball doing it this year, 100% sign off on it. I'm, I'm open to it doing it in the future. If that, um, it's a little bit of move back the bag, you know. But if you have this two game series and both teams have a chance to get a home game, if it stops people from dumping games at the end of the year and not just sitting a guy, but sitting most of their starting lineup, just shutting guys down left and right. 
You know, who is it? We had a, it was David Lee with the Warriors. The Warriors were trying to make sure that they got a draft pick instead Harrison of the Jazz. Barnes. It turned out to be Harrison Barnes, who at the time it seemed like a big deal, but then pissed me off. I know, right? And so, and I told you they're going to shut down David Lee, and you're like, why he's not that? Because like, they're not taking any chances. Okay, he's their third or fourth best player. But he might go for 20 and 15 and win a game, and they're not taking the chance. And so just if that would create a little incentive, like, hey, one more home game, people would get excited. I don't think it would help a team that's uh, been good, that's fading uh, the way the Spurs are. But I think if you're a team that's been crushed midseason by injuries and has a lot of pride, like the Blazers this year, or if you're a young team on the way up, nine doesn't sound like much, but if you're the Suns and you haven't had anything in a decade— that's worth battling for, you know, and certainly the Grizzlies, you know, they were playing for it. So, yeah, I could be talked into it as long as it were one or two quick games. You know, if the season ends on a Wednesday and you have to play on Thursday, Friday, and the season starts and, and then the, your playoff series starts Sunday, okay. Yeah. I can I, sign off on it. Um, I'm not that in love with it. I, I think it was really important they do it this year. I agree with Damon Lillard. To, to send guys down there and give them no shot to play in when they might have had a shot if you'd gone to 82, they needed to come up with some compromise. And it turned out to be way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. You know, I, I thought it was the kind of thing that they should throw out there as a carrot to the players, but I didn't think I'd care. But as the Suns went undefeated, i got to admit, I started looking like, are the Suns still undefeated? What's going on with the Suns? Well, yeah, I called it early on. I knew the Suns were going to catch fire. Oh, nice. That's, good. And that's why I wanted Monty Williams, restart coach of the year. Nice. They should have, I think, next season, first home game, they present him with a trophy. Uh, I'm looking. Oh, here it is. I just found it. Uh, Jerry Palm has tweeted out uh, something, and so has Dennis Dodd. All the national guys are getting on to this, right? What? Um, negative? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Pac-12... Um, the the president at Oregon State is asked, what does the Pac-12 see that the SEC doesn't see? And he says, I think probably reality. <laughs> oh, I think the collegiality just went out of the room, PK. <laughs> okay, but does that mean the SEC is wrong no, it to might try mean the, to get on the it, field? It might mean the Pac-12 is wrong. There's a guy in Detroit who wrote a story who said, hey, if the Big Ten's not playing, if these other leagues play and pull it off, uh, the Big Ten's in trouble. I mean, I definitely feel like there's a little bit of um, it, it. It usually feels to me like there's a little BS in the room, <laughs> you know, like, OK, really? So all the presidents get along and you're all collegial. And, oh, come on. Everybody doesn't get along. You can't throw 50 or 100 presidents in a room. You can't throw 50 or 100 of any people in a room and have everybody get along, you know, so they're just they're blowing smoke. And I think for once, something that gets said behind closed doors got thrown out in public. I think the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are probably, if they're mad at the other three leagues, like, you're making this look bad. And if those three leagues are looking at the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and saying, you're making us look bad, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So that and means Pac-12 ADs it. and administrators are rooting for the virus. No. That doesn't make any sense. No, I don't it's think disgusting. they're. I didn't think they're rooting for the virus. I think they're mad because they think the other guys should have canceled too. And they haven't. Yeah, well, and now t- they're taking heat. Well, then are they mad at uh, high school football in Utah? No, I don't think so, because I think everyone views high school as a different deal. For starters, uh, you know, yeah, you but don't... the idea, if they can do it, why can't you? Well, because you don't have all the interstate travel. You know, all the interstate games did get canceled, right? We've had teams go to Arizona, California, and Hawaii, and Texas, off the top of my head. 
I don't think anyone's okay, doing so that. Okay, so the U of A and ASU play five times this year. I would watch that. Play NAU. I, would, I, I wouldn't watch that. I think we just got a little dose of the truth. You always say you can handle the truth, PK. And, and I think they're probably a little steamed with each other. And Fine, you know, Maybe they end I'm, up on I'm the same page. For, I'm rooting for football to be played. Yeah. And if they go, th- if they play, if these three leagues play their full season, and people don't get sick, and the death rate doesn't go up in the in those communities, because I'm assuming that if they play, they're going to start putting people in stadiums. So there's a lot of layers to this. Um, yeah, but if they pull all this off and it works, if it if if college football on January 10th or whenever the title game is has the same vibe that the NBA bubble has, no one's complaining about the bubble. It's worked. It's absolutely worked. You know, if college football has the same vibe on the January 10th, then the Pac-12 and the Big Ten look bad. They look ridiculous. At minimum, they look bad. Possibly they look ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they made a decision they thought was best at the time. So be it. All right, DJ and PK, that's what we've been talking about this morning. Your feedback's coming up. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. From The Athletic, he's our good friend, Sam Amick. The Jazz are going to face the Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. Your thoughts? I certainly would give the Nuggets the edge, especially with Michael Porter Jr. emerging as another threat for them. And I don't know if that'll continue, but it does make them interesting. But we'll see. I enjoyed the heck out of Donovan's let me put the whole team on my back double overtime heroics the other day, except for everything but the wins. Tough to gauge what these seeding games mean for teams like the Jazz, the wasn't a lot of jostling in the standings and incentive to give it your all other than good old-fashioned competition. So they've had some tough moments and a few good ones in the bubble. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Feedback of the day brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City. We're going to pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $359 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. All right, PK, I told you yesterday I was putting up a uh, poll question. Who wins the Jazz Nuggets first round playoff series? So we got 600 votes over 24 hours. The Jazz, 55.5%. The Nuggets, 26.7%. I'm out. People not paying attention, 17.5%. One and six. That I don't know. I, I can see where that that could be. Uh, that could be about right. And your neighborhood. You, you, know, you always talk about all the jazz fans in your neighborhood. And you've told us there's some people who aren't watching anymore. Would one and six be ballpark right for your neighborhood? Who would I have to see? Yeah, I know. Where's in fact, I was having a uh, curbside discussion about it last night, and two individuals told me that they haven't paid a lick of attention. Yeah, so I, I think, know three guys in the neighborhood who just don't want anything to do with it because they believe it's political. Uh, it'll be interesting to me to me to see how that plays out in the long run. Uh, part of having to follow it now, you know, their day games. There are more people working from home who maybe can follow day games, but uh, the, it's you know it's different. It's unusual. And and I got to say, basketball in August, well after a four month break with nothing going on, has been good. I think I prefer the traditional schedule. I don't think I want them to move it. <laughs> And I know well, I don't know. I never did. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me, but I'd prefer they don't. Right. Well, we'll watch. We're we're hardcore. We're all the way in and we're paid to watch. It's our job. So so we'll watch it whenever it's on. But I, I think I'd prefer that it stayed where it is. I understand the folks who are upset by the political thing, but I'm in it for the basketball. And after that first night, really haven't noticed anything. 
I mean, I see the, the, the stuff on the floor and the jerseys. Yeah, but it, we largely look past the floor. I, I look right through yeah. it because the games, I'm, I'm interested in the games, and I think in the playoff games. Now, if they were constantly hammering me with it during the games and just uh, however they would want to do it there, if Donovan Mitchell started uh, the playoff game, well, you know, so and so, whatever, whatever thing he's talking about. I know his has been about the Breonna Taylor. If he just hammered that to me over and over again, I'd probably be a little bit aggravated by it. But maybe aggravated—it's not the right word. I don't know what the right word is, so scratch that. But I just watch these guys play ball, and I enjoy watching them play ball. Fifty-five percent picking the Jazz to win—that seems a little high end to me. Pretty optimistic. I think the Jazz. Yeah, cl- fans. yeah I know, right? The Jazz clearly go into the series as the underdog, and I know it's easy to say everybody's against us. Nobody believed in us, but like, if you're going to say it now, it'd be a good time because a the Nuggets have now put together two good seasons in a row, two really good seasons. Right? They were the they were the two seed last year. They are the three seed this year, and the West is really good and really deep. So those are two really good seasons, and Bogdanovich is out for the Jazz. Uh, you know, the Nuggets are clearly the favorites in this. Well, I think the Nuggets would be the favorite even if Bogdanovich wasn't there. Yeah, he probably would I be. I mean, he was there, excuse me. Yeah. Because they, the three seed, three seed should always be the favorite over the six. Six. Now, obviously, if uh, Bogdanovich was there, I wouldn't have the Jazz as the sixth, but I don't know that I'd have him third if he were there. Maybe they could have gotten there. But none of that matters, man. No, it's, it's just find playing. a way to beat the Nuggets. Yeah. Find a way to that, beat them. That's all that matters. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of time. Hans and Scotty are coming up next. We'll see you on Sunday night on Talking Sports on Channel 2 and back here Monday morning getting ready for the playoff opener at 1130.